Hello and welcome to the very, very first episode of the Doctor Who pod. My name is Sai, I am one of your hosts, and joining me is the other half of this little expedition, I guess, this little uh, travel through time with various different faces of the Doctor. A look back on things we remember or have never seen before is one half of the glorious UTT podcast, Mr. Dan Griffin. How are we doing, my friend? Very well, buddy. Thank you very much for that kind introduction. Far too kind introduction. Um, yeah, I can't wait to uh, blunder through the forest blindly and uh, have a look at some uh, have a look at some of the stuff I've never seen before, you've never seen before in the little crazy world of Doctor. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 this episode here is very much going to be an introduction, I suppose, an introduction to what we're going to do, an introduction to people listening to, to you and me, and so on. Just to sort of give people a rough idea of the plans for the next next few weeks, couple of months, or however long we decide to have, have our first season run for. The the general idea Dan and I sort of came up with when we just started talking via via Twitter about Doctor Who is that there's a great deal that Dan hasn't seen of classic era Who. I suppose if that's what people yeah. refer to it as, classic Who, I guess is the right term, isn't it, Dan, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, well, I think it's classic and modern is the split. Yeah, something on New Who, maybe. <laughs> sounds like a milkshake, though, doesn't it? But <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds like, it sounds like a website where people much younger than me buy clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and then there's also a great deal of, I suppose, modern Who that I've seen but skirt over and don't really remember, or I've not seen at all. Big chunks of the Matt Smith era I, di- I didn't watch. I kind of fell away from the show then. So with with the holes in in my knowledge or the holes in my memories of of the show and the holes in Dan's knowledge and memories of the show, we decided it could be a bit of fun to sort of go back and look at some of these episodes that we haven't seen or episodes that we remember very favourably and just sort of trudge through and review certain certain episodes and certain stories and so on. Going back right to the William Hartnell days, right through to, to, to now, Dan, isn't it? Yeah, and it gives me an excuse to finally uh, add BritBox to my uh, subscription rotation, <laughs> <laughs> which I've been looking at for a long time. But I've, I've, my classic Who knowledge is, is very limited. I think the only bits I've really watched are the three Doctors and the five Doctors. Okay. Uh, seen those, really enjoyed them. And just one of the things that just, you know, when you, you think I need to watch something, I need to watch something, but you never, just never quite get round to because mm. it feels like a massive undertaking. And yeah. there's so yeah. much classic who that to, if you're just going to start, essentially I'd need another lockdown um, and to be on furlough again <laughs> to get through all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, when, um, um, before we get into how, how we sort of discovered Doctor Who as, as, as fans and kids and so on in the past, uh, what sort of gets me with, with BritBox having all the Doctor Who episodes and so on, I was so excited when I heard that that was, that was there to, to do. That was there to go and look back on. Because I remember being a kid and watching classic Who, I guess, and watching the videotapes of the older series as well. And knowing it all is effectively on, on this streaming service and I can just watch it whenever I like really excited me. So I, so I subscribed to BritBox thinking this is going to be brilliant. And I found exactly the same as you. Fitting in when I could sit down and watch, say, a six-part story from 1963 or something, suddenly became a real effort because I can't watch just sort of one or two episodes and then leave it till the following day or watch another couple. And, you know, I've got the wife and the kids and the telly downstairs gets used for various different things. So I've got to try and fit it in around other people in the house as well. 
it suddenly became a massive a massive thing of trying to find the time to watch this whole a whole story in one hit but thankfully now that's kind of eased and it's now an option for me to be able to do for a start but i've been subscribing to britbox for months and months and months i'm not actually using it because as you said it seems like a massive undertaking trying to get through one of these these stories doesn't it yeah and, and you're absolutely right with the um you know with finding the time and, and not wanting to just watch one episode i'll just watch 20 minutes mm. like a lot of the old ones are split into um it, it's very much to me like um my subscription to new japan world it sounds like Obviously, we're both big wrestling fans. I, I subscribe yes. to New, J- New Japan year round. I only really watch it when the G1's on, when Wrestle King, when it's Wrestle Kingdom, and occasionally Best of the Super Juniors. Otherwise, there are so many shows and so much happening that I just think it just your brain just goes, nope, not even going to get yeah. started on that. I'll try and catch up. Um, but yeah. now, yeah, it's going to be great to uh, to pick and choose where we go and and see what lands for us and what doesn't. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of this as well, and why I'm why I'm so excited to be doing this. It, I, I I almost have like the Netflix problem when I look at Classic Who, because there's so much on Netflix, for example. And I think to myself, I want a new TV show to watch. I've got an evening where the wife's gone out or the kids are doing something upstairs. So I've got to tell it to myself. I've got a few hours. I'm gonna get into a new TV show, and it takes me probably an hour and a half to pick one. Well, In that research. time. Yeah, so well, this is the thing. In that time, I could have watched something. You know, I I, I don't want to get into a show that's been cancelled and there's no ending to it. So I got to have a quick look at that and make sure that I'm like, get no spoilers and so on. Um, and I've had that with with Classic Who as well on Britbox. In that I've tended to go and watch series or, or stories that I vividly remember from when I was younger, as opposed to stuff that I haven't seen because it, there's so much there. You don't really know where to start, I guess. That's what I find, personally, anyway. I think, as well, there's an element of, I want to watch something new. I want to find something new to be entertained. Mm-hmm. But also, I've only got a limited time window, so I don't want to be disappointed. So you yes. naturally gravitate towards things you've seen before. And, and so it's like a comfort blanket. You're thinking, oh, well, I could watch this. Well, I could watch this. I could watch this. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Nah, I'll just stick that on that scene a million times that I know I love. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. That's that's bang on. That's bang on. So, how how did you initially, I suppose, discover this this world of Doctor Who? What sort of got you into it in the first place? I know you were very much as a fan, I suppose, quite a late comer for someone your age getting into this, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yes and no because my first Doctor is technically Sylvester McCoy, but this is where I'm, I admit my. Uh, my first cardinal sin in Doctor Who fandom that a lot of people get very angry about. I love the Doctor Who movie because it was okay. my it was my introduction to Doctor Who. The very first thing I saw the about I must have been about seven, eight years old. And it says a lot that one of my first memories of Doctor Who was a drive-by shooting, but uh, I won't go too much <laughs> into that. Uh, that'll make more sense as we go along, Sir, because I don't think you've ever seen the movie. Is that right? No, that's right. I've never seen the movie. And this is... um. Again, a, a perfect example as to how this show's going to work, looking at things that one of us hasn't seen or perhaps neither of us have seen or, or whatever. I think it's going to be really interesting yeah. going along well, that way because like I said, I've never seen the movie, so I'm really intrigued to watch it. Yeah, and, and you sort of should be because there's a lot online that and a lot of irritated and annoyed, even to this day, Doctor Who fans that don't consider it quote-unquote proper Doctor right, okay. Who, you know, it, it can get a bit gatekeepy, to be honest. 
but it doesn't stop it being a really entertaining movie. It's it's not going to win any Oscars. It's not going to win any Academy Awards. But if you want to just sit down for an hour and a half and enjoy some time travel nonsense set around the uh, set around the turn of the millennium, I, tell you, I, I really enjoy Paul McGann's performance as well in it. I wish we'd see more of him uh, going forward. But yeah, it was sort of a standalone movies that were trying to crack America mm. uh, and sort of bring bring Doctor Who back or keep. I can't remember when McCoy went. You know, keep it going. And eighty nine McCoy McCoy ended, didn't he? I think. Oh right! In that case, then they brought him back after they brought him back after five six years um, <laughs> to do this movie, and it didn't land. It was unsuccessful. But for me, it's a lot of fun. There's massive nostalgia value over it, and that was my introduction to Doctor Who. Then I didn't really see anything else until 2005, when Chris Eccleston uh, took over the mantle. I had that I had that videotape, and that was it. And I wore that thing out. <laughs> Accident, accidentally taped over it as well devastated oh no <laughs> yeah so I just had the last the last 10 minutes on the end <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> see for me it was very much a case of I remember watching Doctor Who but I've got sort of strange really sort of strange obscure memories of things that I sort of I, I think I remember from when they happened but then at the same time I'm like, well, would I have been too young I can remember a, a specific scene with Peter Davidson mm. But I'd have been four or five. So do I really remember that, or do I remember it from watching it in a rerun? Maybe it's mm. that's a bit of a you know. So Esther McCoy, um, he he was a doctor from when eighty seven to eighty nine, I think, and that was kind of my my time really watching every week. And I remember quite vividly having nightmares, uh, and my mum still to this day laughs about it and thinks it's hysterical of the Cybermen in a certain. Uh, a certain Sylvester McCoy story, which I, I hope that we will cover on the show just for old time's sake of me getting scared of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they're coming over this kind of grassy hill and it's not even, it's not even like now where you have like sort of a, 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 a creepy atmosphere or um, music adding to the suspense or anything like that. They're literally just the Cybermen walking across a field in broad daylight. It's, it's not done <laughs> in any way, shape or form to add peril, but as a kid, I was terrified. I used to wake up screaming in the middle of the night. And, my, you know, the mum and dad used to have to come and get me out of bed, which I was all right. It was, it was ridiculous to the point where a couple of years ago in my late 30s, my mum even bought me a Cyberman action figure thinking she was the funniest lady in the world in reference <laughs> to these nightmares I used to have. Then Doctor Who kind of, obviously, it got wrapped up in 89. I don't remember that really happening. I remember watching it on telly, but I also had a good friend who lived down the road he was my age. We, we knew each other from school. Who was massively into Doctor Who, and he used to ask for the VHS tapes of old stories for Christmas and birthdays and so on. And I used to go around his house a couple of nights a week, and that's what we do. We we eat pizza um, and play on his Amiga five hundred or whatever he had, and then watch a Doctor Who tape, whether it was the Daleks from from the sixties or some John Pertwee stuff or whatever. And that's kind of how I got more into the sort of classic Who from then. And then reruns on, I guess, UK Gold, maybe. I caught some on there. Something like that. So, actually, in fact, actually, the UK Gold is how I caught the second half of the movie years after I accidentally taped over um, right, okay. over the movie on the VHS. Uh, it was just on Sky. It was, it was actually a Christmas morning. I think I was about. Brilliant. I'd have been about oh, sixteen by this point. Uh, knew who had already been out for a couple of years, and I vividly remember coming down on Christmas. It was Christmas morning. We, you know, did presents, had breakfast, and I'm just flicking through channels. I see Doctor Who the movie, put it on, 
and realized what it was. And I, I just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, f- freaking out. Just like, absolutely <laughs> love it. This movie, you know, this movie I've not seen in years that I was yeah. starting to question if it even existed. I just, yeah, sat there for half an hour on a Christmas morning watching this movie and then being told, come on, get up, we're going to, gra- you're going to your grandparents. Oh, can you not just give it like another half hour? <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, the movie is an odd one because I never. <sighs> I remember it being made or I remember it being announced that it was out or being shown or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I never actively seeked it out. And then Doctor Who just kind of disappeared for me until Eccleston arrived yeah. with, with, with the new series and so on. And the movie, again, it, it was just something that obviously on some level I knew happened, but it just wasn't in the forefront of my mind enough to sort of count it in what I'd, what I'd accepted as being Doctor Who f- from the past, so to speak it very much gets pushed to the side, which is unfortunate because as I say, I think it's highly entertaining, but um, yes. Yeah, so that's, that was my first exposure to Doctor. It was the movie. And then it was, it was Eccleston coming back with the adverts that ran on the BBC yeah, uh, and all the rest of it that dragged me back in first episode. Doctor's walking around in a leather jacket and a black t-shirt. He's taking the piss, you know, he's got big old lugs yeah. and that he's not, <laughs> you know, he's taking the mick out of himself. Yeah, was hooked. Also, Northern Doctor, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Eccleston was fantastic, and, and I, I remember again Doctor Who being something very much I loved when I was a kid. So when it was coming back, I, I was, I suppose, a little bit worried or a little bit concerned it might not be as much as I remembered or how much I loved it when I was younger. But Eccleston, I thought, was just superb. I loved it, and I was so happy because. I was so happy because I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I wasn't let down, I guess. Mm. It, it's a different take on something you loved as a kid, but it's still just as good. There's so many reboots and remakes and soft reboots and, and gritty noir remakes and and things like that of, of old, of older, you know, intellectual properties. And so many of them are, are let down. How many mm. rubbish Fantastic Four movies are we going to get? You know, Spider-Man 3 ends up being terrible. And I'm sure the Michael Bay movies for like Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, Transformers was all right, but it was it wasn't exactly brilliant. <laughs> See, I've not seen any of those. That's a conversation probably, you you probably do yourself a favour. <laughs> uh, anything like that, uh, Marvel, um, DC, uh, Transformers, all that sort of stuff. That's very much a conversation you could sit down and have with my wife for hours on end because she loves it all. <laughs> it's never really been anything. I've sort of got into I and mean, I never really watched the cartoons back in the day. I never really read the comic books. So I suppose when the movies started to be made, I never really bought into the hype and so on. But I mean, with regards to Doctor Who coming back, I bought into that hype. I was yeah. buzzing. And when Eccleston left the show, when Eccleston regenerated and, and David Tennant arrived, I'm not going to lie. I, I was very much, I, I don't want this. I don't want this to change already. Cause in my head, I used to think of a doctor being the doctor for a long time. Yeah. As a kid, it seemed like it, probably longer than it actually was. But as a kid, I remember it being like an eternity they, they were a doctor for. And he'd come in and done one season, whatever it was, 11, 12, 13 episodes or whatever. And then he was gone. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm absolutely devastated by this. This is, you know, I, I don't want this to happen. But then I think David Tennant was equally as good, if not better. I thought he was fantastic. He really was. I mean, I looked at Tennant, I was thinking, he looks too young. Yes. Eccleston, Eccleston was, was younger than a lot of the doctors, but... David Tennant, he, he's too young and he's, he's a bit pretty. <laughs> he's a bit pretty to be the doctor. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, yeah Tennant absolutely 
knocked it out of the park. But then I can't wait to look back on some of the older Doctors because, in particular, I'm really excited for Tom Baker. Okay. I've not seen I've not seen uh, well I've seen virtually nothing of him because he wasn't even he was in the five doctors for one scene yeah. <laughs> because he, I, don't, yeah. I think there was I don't know if it was money issues or he just didn't want to come back and do it or, or yeah he whatever. said he didn't want to be involved but he's since said he regrets that decision I think I read somewhere yeah well he, he Tom Baker managed to steal the show in the 50th anniversary yeah um, <laughs> with with yeah. one bit right at the end yeah, when Matt Smith's there talking about being the curator of the museum, and you know, I could do that, I could be the curator, and then you just hear it, you know, I really think you might. <laughs> nah, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it just as soon as you hear that voice, it just it sends the tingle up your spine because I know enough, I know enough about Tom Baker to know his voice, yes. And I was I sat there watching it with my dad and my brother in my mid 20s at this point. And I started, I just started flapping about. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and they look at me and said, well, what are you doing? You prick, sit still. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that episode with, I mean, a great, a great deal of Matt Smith as a doctor. I did not see. Mm. And uh, this is what we'll get into. The, the, the more, I suppose we look through episodes and go and sort of jump around different doctors and, and so on. But Matt Smith, I, I didn't really get on with first time round. I don't know if it was the whole Amy Rory storyline. I weren't a big fan of that. I don't know if it was like you said, maybe he was too young for me. Cause I was, as a kid, I always looked at the doctor as being this older guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Smith is incredibly young. I think he's actually younger than me, which doesn't sit right with me now as, as, as a fan watching. The, the Matt, doctor Matt, Smith, Matt Smith was 27, 28 when he took over the role. There you go. Definitely. Younger but than me, so. by, by, by his, in his own words, he, he has a bit of an advantage because he looks a bit alien. Well, <laughs> that, that's exactly that. what he said. But <laughs> at the start, Matt Smith was, was, was good in his early days. He did a great job of bringing in some, just a little bit of of grit and anger mm, yeah. into the role. Um, but he, he very much grows into it across the seasons. As the seasons go on, some of the writing suffers and gets worse, but Matt Smith's performances as the Doctor get better because while he's while he's obviously still very young, you know, I think by the time he leaves, um, he's still in his early 30s. Mm. He, he does a great job of conveying that he's got an older soul, that the Doctor yeah. is, is now getting older. And is just starting to get a bit weary. <laughs> yeah, oh, I understand. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I thought. With again, with with Matt Smith, it's it's funny because I appreciate certain things. Of my wife at the time, she, she watches all the new Who with me every week. Um, my wife at the time loved Matt Smith uh, and still does now. She really appreciates. I never at the time just didn't just didn't get it. I didn't I didn't think he was as good as Tennant. Didn't definitely didn't think he was as good as Eccleston. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't quite hit for me. But it's Rory. really... It's, you know, Sorry, Rory. you said about the rise of Rory. Was, he had a couple of moments, but Rory was a drip. Yes. It, it was just, it was just, a, it was like, it's like they were looking around a spare part for a lot of it. Mm. And, and it just, it gets a bit messy when you get that. You have the, you know, when you have the one companion, fair enough, sometimes it works with two and three, like when you had Rose and Jack or, or Martha and Jack and... Basically, if you just have Jack Harkness in there, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, then it then it's fine. But Rory just for a long time just was there to occupy space, and if they needed another body, mm-hmm. okay, he, he came good at certain points. But um, yeah, just a lot I, I could do without him. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, there was also aspects, I think, of Amy's character that made her kind of quite unlikable at times. As much of a drip mm. that Rory was, she was kind of mean to him quite a lot. <laughs> you know, she was, yeah. she, kept, she kind of stringed him along quite a bit when you look at it. You know, it, it did come across that way in in, in the early days that it does get resolved. Hmm. Um, they do have the trials and tribulations and and all the rest of it, and ultimately it it comes good um, right. between them. Well, sort of. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but now that I think about, it, I'm not. It it's a happy ending. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen how it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I was I was going to say with regards to the Matt Smith stuff. You have the channel watch on on cable, Sky TV, or whatever it is, and mm. they reshow reruns, and it tends to be a lot of Matt Smith episodes as well. They'll show like two or three back to back on a Saturday potentially. So every now and again, I'll flick through and I'll catch them. Mm. And I don't know if I'm catching later episodes to the ones that I weren't too keen on first time round or not. I'm not sure, but I I tend to enjoy watching them back now more than i remember watching the ones i did at the time if that makes sense it, it does and i think a lot of it goes down to the writing because with eccleston and Tennant and torchwood the spin-off it was all russell t davis mm-hmm. who's phenomenal and i'm so happy he's coming back um when jodie whittaker leaves and the, and the doctor re, the, the doctor regenerates uh that russell t davis coming back hopefully will be fantastic. Um, but then you went to Stephen Moffat, and a lot of Moffat early on, again, early on in the Matt Smith era, was kind of hit and miss. Okay. He did great stuff with characters that have been brought in, with villains that have been brought in in the Tenant era, and then he tries to introduce his own villains, and you end up with amphibious vampires in Renaissance Venice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it was a bit up and down. In fact, Moffat did find his feet um, very much so, and saw it through a uh, saw it through a fantastic fiftieth anniversary and, and all of those specials and, and the end of the Matt Smith era. I can't remember exactly when Chris Chinballs came in. Sorry, Chibnall. Right. Um, <laughs> so that is God. That is deeply that is deeply rooted. Every time I speak to a few of my mates about Doctor, we call him Chris Chinballs <laughs> <laughs> because we're adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned there about about Rory and Amy and so on. There's a few things that we both so we we're going to cover quickly on this this sort of introductory episode, I guess, to sort of give a, a background to how we look at Doctor Who before we start this kind of rewatch or, or, or visiting back to certain episodes. And uh, I mean, I'll just list off what we've got here, and if we just sort of shout out our thoughts, I suppose the the obvious first question is fave Doctor or favourite Doctors potentially David Tennant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of, of the new who he, he just—it was the perfect blend of. Tennant's an amazing actor. He put so much into the Doctor. He made it his own. He was the first person he knew in the new who to have obviously to have more than one season. But yeah, it was, but the writing as well was so spot on for for the vast majority for me. The stories were great. The villains were were great. You know, bringing back old villains and, and creating new ones and weaving in touches to the old show. And, weaving in touches uh, for Torchwood that you didn't even notice until that series came about and you look back and you think, oh, wow, they were letting us know that that was coming like 13 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's uh, for me, it's Tennant. What about you, mate? Uh, see, it's very difficult. Tennant is right out there for me. I really, really enjoyed watching David Tennant from start to finish. And that end scene 
you know, I don't want to go. Even now to this day, that still gets me every single time. You know, every time. Um, so there's that. David Tennant's right up there. I actually really enjoyed Peter Capaldi because he came across like the grumpy older doctor that I kind of remember from being a kid. I, I can relate to being the grumpy older. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester McCoy was my doctor when I was a kid. I was watching him on a weekly basis or, or you know, two times a week as it was at some stage. But sort of before my time, I, I always go back to Tom Baker. And there is so much more of Tom Baker than a lot of the other doctors anyway. But I always kind of go back and watch Tom Baker stories because I think he has just so many, so many brilliant stories in his years as the Doctor, so many brilliant companions, so many just, just, just great stuff going on around that time. That's kind of what I always tend to go back to. Yeah. Um, so I probably at the moment before we start our, our sort of look back, I probably would go with Tom Baker if I had to pick one. That's great. That's exactly the answer I was hoping for because I can't wait to get into some Tom Baker. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> um, on that note then of Tom Baker having some great companions and so on, fave companions, Dan? This was a really difficult one because being a new Who fan, um, initially I, w- I wanted to say Rose, but looking back, I mean, yeah, she was great, but she did kind of annoy me. <laughs> right. Martha was Martha was good. But then she just—it just kind of annoyed me the way she, annoyed me the way she spent the whole time just sort of mooning after the doctor, you know. Why doesn't he love me as much, you know, like he did Rose and all that? It's just like, oh, you're a badass. Just run with it. You're, yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> Less said about Donna Noble, the better. <laughs> okay, so you know, Donna is one of those time periods that I didn't see any of. I, I, I remember her being in the one episode. I think it was a Christmas special. I saw that. Yeah. But the rest of it, I didn't see a great deal of. I'm probably doing her a disservice because I'm watching them back very recently. I'm I'm gaining a great appreciation for Catherine Tate in in that role. But on the first watch, she was she was just such a nag. But she was all mouth and no trousers. Okay. So she she'd talk all this, you know, give it all that gob, and then ultimately, oh, Doctor, help! Right. Okay. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, give it all that and. So that those and then Amy and Rory, I did like Amy and Parts. Rory was a drip, and then we go on to Clara. Clara was around for so long; she spanned Tennant and Capaldi, mm. but she just kind of annoyed the piss out of me again a lot of the time. Where it's like, okay, and I, I can't pinpoint what it is. It just for as long for as long as she was around, it didn't seem like she did a lot to be as close to the Doctor as she was. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's just me. Um, See, I'm a bit biased, mate. I got, I got a bit of a thing for for the actress who plays Clara. I was going to say, you you're thinking with your trousers again. I mean, I, yeah, I get mate, it. I, I, get I, it. I love her a bit. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, she, she, I, I actually saw them setting up to um, to film a TV show. She was in on my uh, my commute to work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, walked on the way back. And I was like, I wonder if catch a glimpse, maybe. No. But don't get me wrong, uh, Clara did did a lot of great stuff in there. Just it was just the odd occasion that that she did just annoy me. I thought Bill was brilliant. Yeah, with the uh, with Peter Capaldi, Bill was Bill was awesome. She was sort of, you, but you could see her like sort of learning on the job, if you like, and just sort of growing into it. And it's, it's a real shame she only got uh, she only got the one series. Mm, yeah, um, for Bill, getting into the the very new ones. Um, I friggin' love Bradley Walsh. Oh, so good. I so good. Bradley I Walsh. really enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bradley Walsh and Yaz, um, Yaz sort of grew into it and, and 
her and Bradley Walsh had great chemistry. Ryan was just so poorly written and so wooden. The modern Rory. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think yeah. And another another tried to tell they tried to tell the story with uh, with him overcoming his um, uh, his dyspraxia and all that and, and everything. But yeah, he was just sort of there for a lot of it and stone you know just a bit sort of stony faced and not a lot of emotion going on and and just there. Mm. But it all leads up to my favourite companion being Captain Jack. Right. Okay. I just absolutely and John Barrowman. It wasn't in a vast amount of it, but I think it's sort of that that makes it special. Whenever he turns up, you know something's going down. And he got his own spin-off. Mm. He got taught, he got two seasons of Torchwood, which I absolutely loved as well. See, again, this is the thing. I've never seen any Torchwood. Ooh, right. It, it the opening episode is odd. Okay. It's very odd. Or is it the second episode? Basically, one of them, the hunting, basically a um, a creature from beyond the stars that feeds on orgasm energy. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very much not for kids. Right. <laughs> uh, but again, that that certainly gets gets better as it goes along. And then they did the special, which was Talk to Children of Earth, which is only five episodes. That is five hours of the best TV you will ever see. Yeah. It's okay. worth it's it's worth investing in those two series, you know, getting to know the characters and getting on with it to appre- to fully appreciate Children of Earth. Okay, I mean that's something I could potentially jump into alongside what we're doing here, maybe and sort of report yeah. back and let you know what I'm thinking. I guess size Torchwood Con. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, companions, um, I always look back at Ace fondly because mm. she was, like I said, the companion when I was watching. I don't really remember much of Mal who I think came before Ace was Sylvester McCoy. But Ace was um, was the one for me with her explosives that she carried in her rucksack and so on. Yeah. And, you know, she was very much a, a young teenager of the time. And I was a teenager of the, that time. So it kind of, I sort of related to her, I guess. Leela, I love. I thought she was great. The, the sort of savage character that we'll, we'll get into when we look more at the Tom Baker times, I suppose, Dan. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was great. Was, um, again, the doctor just referred to her as a savage all the time. She just wanted to kill everything. And there's a bit of sort of discussions that pop up all the time between the doctor. And, and like I said, the chemistry between the two is, is great. And again, I, I keep going back to Clara because I think she's just bloody wonderful. <laughs> so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe, doing, maybe doing Clara a bit of a disservice because by the end, like those la- that three part of, with her last three episodes with Capaldi, it was a proper, proper wrencher. Mm. And I was, yeah. I was in the end, I, was, I suppose I was pretty sad to see her go, but I think it was time to just draw a line under everything that sort of linked to Matt Smith and then and let Capaldi sort of fly on his own. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I like when the Doctor regenerates and you have companions that cross across that, I suppose. They, yeah. they tend to be involved. I don't, I can understand why sometimes it has to be done. I can understand why there are benefits to it, but if you get, say the doctor regenerating and then all the companions leave and you start afresh straight away with a new doctor, new companions and so on. Mm. Again, that can be a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I can understand why that, that that is a benefit in certain situations, but I also really enjoy seeing the, the companions interacting with the doctor that they are kind of unfamiliar with, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and it makes it reminds me of a companion that we haven't discussed. Who in New Who is absolutely integral to the Doctor's life, 
River Song. Ah, yes. She's been there for every modern doctor bar Eccleston and Whitaker. Mm. And she, well, the first time we see her, she's saying, you know, I've never seen you this young before. So she doesn't <laughs> quite, she, she doesn't quite know what to make of, of David Tennant. Mm. By the time we see Matt Smith, we're further along in, in the doctor's timeline. So she's, he's more familiar with her. She's a bit less, she's less or more familiar, timey-wimey. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just that, and, and the bits of that relationship that fall into place as it goes along. I think fantastic and, and Rivers a badass. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, I suppose then fave villains, I guess. Fave now bad guys, fave aliens. That's that's a tricky one because there's so many classic ones, like you said about the Cybermen. Hmm. Um there were so there were already so many incarnations of the Cybermen before New Who came around. And then the first time we see the Cybermen is in an alternate universe, an alternate re, uh, an alternate dimension. Right, where, yeah. they, where they've come about because uh, Trigger from Only Fools and Horses got smart. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of have to split it into classic villains and uh, original villains for the new series, or that are original as far as I'm aware. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with a good Dalek. Oh, of course, I don't think of course. they're synonymous with the show. But the one, the recurring villain from New Who that gets me is the weeping angels. Oh yeah. They are terrifying and they are brilliant. Yeah. A creature that only moves when you blink, but they're so fast that they're just that, there in your face straight away. Yeah. The, the, the zap you back in time and let you live to death. Mm. Yep. And it's just, they're, they're just awesome. That, that first episode uh, that they're in blink. Oh, Oh, we watched that. I remember watching that. It's with, uh, with my dad. And he, uh, he worked in London at that time. And they have this montage at the end showing you different statues mm-hmm. around London. And he's looking at it saying, I walk past at least four of those on my way to work every day. I'm going to be keeping my eye on them. <laughs> I've got something similar. Where, where I get off the bus um, coming from work, I've got maybe a five, ten minute walk to my house and I pass. I, I don't know how you'd word it. But someone that makes headstones, I guess, or, or works mm. with stone or, or whatever. And stone mists. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stone. Yeah. And they've got different headst- headstones and different sort of statues and sort of fountains, I guess, so that the, the angels sort of spit in the water into the, and all that, all the usual sort of bits and bobs, you know? And then they've got what looks like a weeping angel. No, it's 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 not. It's not an exact. They've not made it thinking it's like that. But it's similar design, similar facial features. It's got the wings. And I'll tell you what. After I watched uh, Blink, mm. I, I walk a different way home. This dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forty years of age. You know? <laughs> I will avoid that place. You know, it creeps me out. Well, I, I was I was fifteen, nearly sixteen when New Who started. And in that first Eccleston series, one of the best sort of aliens they did, um, well, it wasn't technically an alien or technically a villain. It was in the two-parter set in uh, World War Two. Oh. The, the little boy with the gas mask. Are, Are you, you my mummy? Oh my word! Yeah, that is creepy. I, I, I don't know if we're going. Uh, I don't know if we're going for PG on this show, but <laughs> that oh. <laughs> it's it genuinely sparked a fear of gas masks right okay it really did and years later i was about 23 maybe 24 
don't like gas masks, but I do like scare attractions and, you know, the Halloween type stuff where you walk through and things jump out at you and all the rest of it. And we were in this one, me and a few mates. They always send me first. I don't know why. <laughs> so I'm leading, I'm leading, the, I'm leading the, the, this group through and you hear this noise. It's a huge hallway filled with smoke and you hear a noise and I, I look ahead, a strobe light comes on and I can see a figure in the distance and it's all military themed. See a figure in the distance, strobe light goes off, so we keep moving. It comes back on, and she's right in my face with a gas mask. Oh, no. I, re- I had my fist clenched and my, and my arm reared back. I, 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 I so nearly punched her because I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> and I was swearing like a trooper. Just, oh, more. <sighs> Calm down. <laughs> See, that, that That ends up being like a two-parter, didn't it? Is that right? Or the, or- yes. Yeah, now yeah, it was a again, part. I'd have to go back and rewatch them, but mm. which of course is the purpose of a great deal of what we're doing on this show. But <laughs> that that gas mask one there with the young the young kid in the war and so on, that's my favourite Eccleston story from mm. what I remember. Now, now I may watch something else. I may watch the first one again and love that. I may watch the conclusion of how 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 his time as Doctor went and rate that more highly, but. Mm. At the moment, without going back, just the memories of that and the doctor saving everyone at the end and saying, everybody lives this time or however he worded it. Yeah. You know, just that's a great story. That's my favourite Eccleston story it's, at the moment without looking back. It is well up there. Well, well up there. Um, and Richard Wilson, he's in the he's in the first part of it. Um, yes. Victor, Mel- Victor Meldrew himself. Damn, <laughs> damn fine actor. Yes. Uh, and, and they give that little tease where they say you need to go see the doctor. But they actually mean the doctor at hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, mate? Go on then. You get, what, are you splitting into classic and modern as well, or are you just going to go for I it? Don't, I don't know. I, I, for me, I get a buzz from watching the, the, the modern Who, the new Who, and having references back to the classic stuff. Mm. That sort of bridge between the two kind of eras, I guess. At the moment, for a little bit of context for everyone, uh, we're we're recording this on the, the 4th of December, so it's a day or two before the end of the, the Flux series, I guess, the last episode. When the Cybermen popped up, when the Daleks popped up, that I got a massive kick out of that because that's what I can remember from being a kid. You know, I had a poster of a Dalek on my wall that was like a, a cross section. So you could see the inside of the Dalek and parts of it were labelled and stuff, almost like a technical drawing of a Dalek. And oh, I, cool. you know, it was, it was all, I don't know what happened to it really, but that was something I got one birthday as part of my presence and videotapes and so on of classic Dalek stories. And I don't think you can look beyond the Daleks because they're so synonymous with Doctor Who. The Cybermen always scared me more. As a kid, the Cybermen scared me more. So I thought I'd probably put them out there as well. Because in, in old who, to get away from a Dalek, all you had to do was go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I remember, I remember watching Chris Eccleston. Chris Eccleston. Hmm. <laughs> um, watching the Chris Eccleston series with my dad. And the minute he saw a Dalek levitate off the floor and start flying, he stood up and walked out of the room. Right. So not, not having that Daleks don't fly. Oh, like, so it well, takes away that one. <laughs> well, they do fly now because they're making it. 50 you know 30 years after you were watching it <laughs> mm. i think it might have happened back in a classic story as well was it a sylvester mccoy story that happened 
I'd have to look that up. I may, I'm, I may be getting that completely wrong, but <laughs> I'd have to have that, a look. But that should be the tagline of this show. We may be getting this completely wrong. Yeah, and that's an important <laughs> thing as well that I want to touch upon um, before we sort of finish up today uh, and get into the stories we're going to watch and so on. Neither of us profess to being encyclopedias on Doctor Who. We Far love. From. Yeah, we love Doctor Who. I enjoy watching Doctor Who. I enjoy watching classic Who. I enjoy watching the, the new Who, the modern Who. But there's people out there, a million people out there who will know God knows how much more about the details of the show and so on than I. So when we are doing this, these watchbacks, these uh, sort of rating different stories and so on, and just sort of jumping in and out of different Doctors' timelines or eras, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say, I think I remember this when it's wrong. And so on. I will do my research, of course I will. But at the same time, it is a situation where I, I was pleasantly, not, not pleasantly, sorry, I, I was quite shocked when I started venturing into Doctor Who Twitter for a start and seeing some of the arguments and so on. I was like, oh my goodness, do, do people not just, and again, this is only in the last, say, month I've done this. I'm thinking, can people not just enjoy a, a TV show without having an argument? I don't, I don't understand. So you've been on wrestling Twitter long enough to know that that is not possible. Well, yeah, very <laughs> true. Lot, very for true. a lot of people, you know, and like I said, we're not experts. We're just two blokes who love a show, and I'm eager to get into the new stuff, uh, sorry, the old stuff, and and further my education, I think, is the best way that I can put it. I want, yeah. I want to watch these. I'm intrigued to go back and see how the land, you know, decades later with, you know, with me, but it, it is all opinion. We're, we're not experts. We'll be, uh, we'll be, Using a few people's knowledge, uh, yes. who we who we both know. Uh, yes. <laughs> cheers, Rob. How a Doctor Who Sherpa. Yeah, cheers, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's going to be fun, and that, that's what this is. It's it's something that we're we're doing for fun because we're we're both passionate Doctor Who fans without being without being experts. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That's the that's the key word. I think fun. I want this to be fun to do. I want it to be fun to listen to. Just, just looking back on a show that has always brought me fun ever since I was a little kid, you yeah. know. So that's that's the big thing, mate. That's the big thing. The general gist, then, as we come to a close today, of what uh, Dan and I thought we would do. Dan will very much kind of take control of the new Who side of things, the modern Who kind of things, and um, I will be, I suppose, more leaning towards the classic Who era. We'll alternate week to week which we watch. We're not going to go in any date order. I mean, the obvious would be to start with William Hartnell and go, go onwards. But at the same time, we thought we'd just shake it up and have a little look at different stories from different times. We'll start with a classic who story in the next episode. And then after that, Dan will select a, a new who story for us to look at and, and discuss. And then we're going to alternate that way. And we're going to check the movie in halfway ish i suppose through the first season of this podcast we're looking at doing around 13 14 episodes to coincide with the, the 13 doctors of course so yeah that's the that's the basic gist of it where i'd like to start off then dan seeing as you mentioned not knowing a great deal about him but being very excited to go back and have a look at some tom baker stuff is is with tom baker i think and i'm going to choose a story that always finishes quite high when you see these these online uh, online articles or polls or whatever of the best of classic who or the best of doctor who from this era and so on 
there are going to be stories that other people of course prefer so this is just literally a case of me picking one that i remember enjoying way back when on the old videotapes <laughs> and it ranking quite highly and i don't see a better place to start than with the doctor's longest running opponents i guess villains the daleks and why not see how they came about with the story genesis of the daleks great stuff sounds good to me i can't wait to see it like like i said been eager to get into some tom baker we're starting there daleks always like a dalek bring it on i can't wait yeah i'm looking forward to rewatching it I, again i remember it being it's one of those the, the vhs tapes that my friend had and I, I i watched the whole i think it's six episodes i think i watched the whole six episodes with him one evening before getting picked up by my mum to go back home and so on and I remember being one of the ones that we watched more than once because we both really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's enjoyable for us again now. And I'm also hoping it stands up sort of however many was it 1975? I think this this serial was made 74 oh. potentially. So it's going to be it's going back a little way, but hopefully it stands the test of time, so to speak, and, yeah. and we can have a watch of that, make a few notes, and, and have a chat about it the next time we uh, next time we meet up, my friend. Dear me, 46 years on. Yes. Yes, it's in color. arithmetic there. <laughs> Starting with one in color, my friend. Starting with one in color. <laughs> yeah, he's being gently. He's being gently. That's it. Uh, okay, so then, before we go, Dan, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, my friend? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting uh, about wrestling, uh, to be honest, that's six weeks out of date. Movies that are 25 years out of date or Doctor Who that I'm re-watching for the 7,000th time. Uh, you, can also, <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me uh, on the monthly pay-per-view reviews for 90s Wrestling Podcast, which may have had a name change by the, by the time this comes out. We shall see. I okay. uh, don't know what James's plans are there. I can't say too much. Find me on Unbooking the Territory, uh, which I do every week with, uh, uh, with UTT Rob. Uh, we're looking at the first and last of professional wrestling, but please do go back and listen to season one where we looked at the highest and lowest rated episodes of the Monday Night Wars uh, by each creative period. And finally, we've got a side project. It probably won't mean much to anybody listening to this if you've come for Doctor Who content, but we're doing Unbooking the Tankatory where we're looking at the <laughs> life and times and career of one Tank Abbott. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words, where links to my other shows, again, wrestling, there's music content, all sorts of stuff. If you follow me there, you can find everything you need to know with regards to what I do at SJP Words. But most importantly, you can follow this show on Twitter at the Doctor Who Pod. Simple as that, at the Doctor Who Pod, all one word chuck the show a follow let us know what you think uh, let us know if you'd like to if you'd like us to look at any particular stories from the past any particular doctors any particular companions discussion anything at all drop us a drop us a tweet drop us a message drop us a dm and let us know what you think dan i'm really looking forward to getting into this project with you my friend thank you so so much for joining us on this this introductory episode and uh, next time i speak to you we'll be discussing tom baker and a bit of the daleks mate I cannot wait. Thanks again for having me along on this wonderful ride. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks again. And to everybody else, thank you for listening. <laughs>